You're listening to the Hockey Podcast Network. New shows every day. Find us at thehockeypodcastnetwork.com or wherever you get your podcasts from. Hi, everybody, and welcome to Red Wings Rant, where tirades and a passion please for your Detroit Red Wings finally have a home. Mike, this is take two. I, I just ran through our whole intro. Um, oh, and I have Mike muted. Hey. Whoopsies. Man, I'm um, the voice of the voiceless. What are you doing over here? <laughs> I was looking at our comments, and I was like, nobody's commenting. So then I looked up in the top right corner, and it said... Would you like to go live now? I was like, yeah, I guess so. Would you like to actually do the show? Yeah, yeah. we would. Uh, decoy, Mark Stone's farts smell like victory. Oh, man. Well, I'm smelling a big Mark Stone fart because Festar, my man, where you been? And I just uh, mean that as a victory fart. I, first of all, before we get too excited, decoy. Mike, this is a callback. This is a major Red Wings rate callback. Our smarts, our farts, our smarts, farts smelling like victory. Decoy, you get an A plus for the day. You, you could. Well, I won't. I'll just stop there. You, 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 you get an A plus for the day. Yeah, I was gonna give you permission to say something wild, but uh, don't. Uh, Chewy's aboard. What's going on, Chewy? And uh, yeah, Mike, what's up, fellas? Been a while. What's going on, Fethdar? Jared, broken sternum. Mm. Now, either was this the Mark Stone? Uh, was this his injury? Because I know uh, we heard about some broken foots and two dislocated shoulders. <laughs> Yesterday, like uh, it's so it always makes me laugh. Like what it takes to impress you, like depending on the sport you're watching. So, like in basketball, it's like wow, that guy played with a sprained ankle. Wow, that must have been something. But hockey, it's like a broken sternum. I'm like, eh, I mean, his head was still intact, right? That's eh, not that big a deal. Oh, that was uh, Kachuk. Now, with Kachuk, what I heard today from uh, Elliot Friedman was that, um, what was the report that he, that they had to like put his pads on and get him dressed for the game? And uh, the conversation online has kind of been like, maybe we should have, maybe that's a sign, like. If you can't get dressed, you probably shouldn't be on the ice. Like, that might be where we want to draw the line. So he wasn't out there for game five, but game four, the boys had to hold him down as he was like, no, I'm not going out there. And then had to put his pads on and his. Well, that I mean, would yeah, be hilarious. Lead, uh, I mean, he had to try to lead the men of Rohan. You know, they had to <laughs> armor him up, and I, I thought it was pretty cool. <laughs> um, oh, and Dan B thinking we're at the Tigers game. Um you know, I do love me some Atlanta Braves. Let me tell you, Ronald Acuna Jr., rrr, hell of a baseball player. Holy shit. Um, but no, I did work today. Uh, we're not the Tigers game, but we are going to be at the uh, draft party in a couple of weeks, two weeks from today. Mm-hmm. Um, so we hope to see you guys all down there. Um, just wanted to throw out that reminder that uh, we're going to we're gonna look out for y'all. Um, I don't Matt, know. I feel like... the, uh, the three outcomes. Will this crowd do a collective cheer? Grown or who? Who is that? I don't know who's that. Do you know who's that guy? I don't know who that is. Um, 
probably a majority, right, of the crowd will be like, oh, we're, we're, this is who we're, you know, like, oh, we're drafting ninth. You know what I mean? Like, kind of like, oh, I thought, what are we doing here? There'll be another good chunk of the crowd that's like, beer. All right. Yeah. It's, uh, it's also discounted today. How great is this? Um, and then there'll be a, you know, small group of us. Uh, of course, everybody on this, uh, in the comments section right now would be well aware of what's going on and some of our podcast brethren i think uh we're meeting up but uh, yeah it's uh i i would wager that uh there's not going to be like a yay in the crowd unless and we'll talk about it later uh trade proposal that came up uh Ooh. from the athletic that I, I i thought was kind of fun i thought the question would be how far are you willing to go to move up? And of course, the other part of the question is, who do you absolutely have to move in front of if you are trading up? Mm. So I think there's only one name that you're thinking about trading up for, and I think there's only a couple teams you got to worry about moving ahead of. Mitchkoff. I don't know. My te- Do I really need to tease it? Stick around for the whole It's not Mitchkoff? Yeah, it's Mitchkoff. Hey, no. That's what happens when you read ahead, read ahead in the slides. <clears throat> Jared. I'm just kidding. I never read the slides. It smells like Red Wings. Hey, Chewie had his cataract surgery today. Hope. How does it? Is that painful? Is that like, what's the aftermath of that? Does that, because uh, that's, you know, it improves the vision. Does that make you want to watch the show more or less now, Chewie? Like now you're going to be a <laughs> podcast guy. <laughs> Uh, Jared thrown out there. Sherratt for a case of Gatorade straight up. Now, if you want to hear. I feel like we hockey throw town, cash on that one, too. The Hockey Town draft party go absolutely insane. Yeah, this is it. This is that trade that comes in and you see. How what do you what do you think? Like 5000 people? Just no, that's that's the marks. We're going wild for that trade. If we just move up in any capacity, that's going to be electric. Or if we get a name people have heard of. I think it'll be electric is is definitely a choice. I feel like there'll be a murmur. And then we'll kind of know what's going on if we see if we see Steve move up. Like I'm basically calling out and we're going to take a look at uh, like elite prospects release their draft guide. I think a very common conversation that should be had after pick two is that you're going to land a pretty good guy. And I don't think you need to lose a lot of draft capital unless the draft interview that you had was just insane. And you're like, this guy's hockey sense is he's going to fit right into the culture too. Like he's off the charts in hockey sense. He's going to fit with the culture. We see him motoring along on the ice. Like I got to get that motor on my team. You know, because I think I think a lot of what you're going to get talent-wise and, like, ceiling-wise and what you're going to get timetable-wise is pretty transferable amongst, uh, amongst the rest of those prospects. Or at least not easy enough to measure where you're like, for sure, this guy's, like, one year. And again, that's after the top two picks. So... That being said, I don't I don't think you want to lose too much unless you're going for one guy in particular. And then at that point, you're wondering, how much am I giving up? Am I giving up too much? Is it worth it to give up too much today for something that'll happen three years from now? And, um, you know, there's a 
sports conversation there. So asset conversation, a marketing conversation to have there that I hope uh, Steve is, has his ears open to. Yeah, you, you draft a Mitchkoff. You're not selling jerseys, Mike, for three years. I'm just I, saying. I'm just I don't saying. Think that, yeah, just nobody, saying. Nobody cares about that, man. All right, let me let me redact that statement. Iserman doesn't care about that. If he did, he would operate completely differently from how he does now. Uh, we might have made, made some moves a little bit like the uh, Stanley Cup champion Vegas Golden Knights. Oh, yeah. <laughs> some big swings, huh? Like move, huh? That was pretty sexy, huh? People were like, Oh, you guys are bananas. His neck's broke, broke. And then it was just like, Nah, he just wants to fix it and play on a good team. Like, he doesn't feel depressed about. So now he's a champ. And, uh, Matt, all I have is is envy. I mean, the cup is nice, but I just, I want to be that aggressive with our offseason. Yeah. Um, I'd love to get some sort of confirmation. Some some doofus put out a, a tweet earlier today that uh, Frank Saravelli was saying Steve Eiserman was going to be more aggressive this year. There's no confirmation on that. Nobody heard this except for this goofus who posted on Instagram and Twitter. But, um, you know, I, we've been talking about it the last few weeks. Um, you know, since Vegas made it into the Western Conference Finals, it's like, when do you start making these decisions to bring in the Matthew Kachuk? Which, of course, Kachuk got hurt. That's yeah. the playoffs. Um, but when do you bring in Jack Eichel? And it's like, oh, well, you got to wait till they're available. Okay. Yeah, they were available. And I don't remember seeing our names attached to that. And I'm pretty sure we could have thrown out a pretty tasty offer. And, um, you know, I'd ask you right now, Mike, if you were throwing out like a few first round picks, um, would you rather have a, a Jack Eichel in the hand or a Simon Edmondson and a Marco Casper in the bush right now? I will say that this season is the first one where I want to start trading those first round picks. <sighs> I, listen, I made that claim. Uh, when we were getting ready for the past trade deadline, um, where it's like, you know, at some point now, our, now that we're going to start, you know, floundering in that 10 to 20 range is, you know, um, where you rank in the NHL, those first round picks kind of lose their value a little bit, unless you're reading the, um, what is that? The elite prospect, um, uh, player rankings where there's like 26 A's like, my God, how many excellent players can there possibly be in one draft? Um, but, uh, no, I mean, it, at some point, because you're going to start dropping off because the value is going to start dropping off. That's, that's when you can start acquiring win now players for your first rounders. Cause they're just not going to pan out. And I, I don't, we can find a way to, you know, build a third and fourth line. I I'm going to keep hammering that point forever. And guys that you're picking in the mid to late first round, yes, I know that there's some, you know, anomalies that are, you know, all world players. I know. But most of the time, they're third and fourth liners. So if you can find a way to kind of cheat and get an Eichel, uh, you do it. So, you know, I don't know what that really means for this offseason, what kind of super duper stars available. But, yeah, I would want to start negotiating and, you know, asking about those kind of moves because that's pretty cool right there. Got some new Stan the Cup champs, Matt, and it's such a, a tribute to the way they manage their team. I was incredibly jealous. Um, not just the Eichel trade. Somebody was, uh, God, they were writing about um, 
Andre Fleury being such a, a key component to them, you know, when they first started. And then they just kind of said, no, nah, we, we, we know what you're going to end up being, you know, kind of how the right. trajectory of goalies usually pans out. So they were totally fine uh, moving on from him. So, I mean, those kind of moves where you're, you're okay. Letting go of, of guys that you, my God, is he a Vegas pillar? Like, nah, we'll, we'll figure it out. We'll get some real pillar guys in here. And then being aggressive for Eichel who, you know, had, really terrifying injuries um they said oh boy is he a, a head case you know he you can't trust him to be on your team because he just wants to get moved no he just didn't really want to play in buffalo so yeah yeah i mean it it i'm very very envious of the way they manage their team and i know steve is playing the long game i know he's trying to clean up uh, a minor league system that was pretty devoid of talent right Yep. But uh, we got some guys now, and uh, the point of this is not to just have a fleshed-out minor league system. It's to win National Hockey League games. So yep. if we can end up trading some of those guys for National Hockey League players who can score goals and, you know, play some defense and maybe stop some pucks, uh, that's what we're trying to accomplish so that we can see, you know, Larkin and Elmer and probably Kosa at, at this point, uh, you know, next to a picture of the big silvery cup there. So I, yeah. Yeah. I, th I think the, the point with the Knights and we've talked about it now, this would be the third straight week is just like, I want to know that Steve's in there. I want to know that it's not just like we're, we're at the end of the season and Steve's like scratching his head and he's like, I, I mean, you know, you're in conversations, you know, you consider everything and it's like, yeah, okay, great. I want to know that we are at the top of these conversations, like Elliot Friedman's talking about with the brinket. I mean, there there's, when there's a guy that has talent, you gotta, you know, you don't, you don't want your GM to ruin your team by going after the wrong guys. Um, but when you have your guy, when you have your Eichel, when you have your Mark Stone, think about the trouble that Vegas put themselves into with picking up Petrangelo and then to add Eichel to that conversation and then go, hey, we're also going to give you $10 million. And then the last couple of seasons, they're they're just like, hey, we have guys that are uh, out for the whole season. And uh, whoops, we didn't make it in the playoffs last year, uh, but it worked out this year. I mean, it's like you make those aggressive moves. The aggressive behavior doesn't end after that one trade. But you start putting these teams together in these wild and crazy ways. These guys are still going to want to get paid market value for what they're going to bring to the team. And I just, I, I'm, ex I'm excited to see what an, an aggressive Steve Eiserman looks like if we get one. And I'm excited to be excited about this season. Um, but yeah, I know. I mean, we don't, we certainly don't have anything right now. But to just keep talking about like, oh, well, Elliot Friedman said we're number one on the DeBrinket list. And that doesn't mean Stanley Cup, but it's definitely one of those moves like, all right, guy wants out from his crappy team and he's shown the ability to put 40 goals in the back of the net. Would you like a 40 goal scorer on your team? Oh, yes, please. Ooh, thank you. Yes, yes, please. Give me one. Now, uh, real quick, we're going to, because we've talked about this would be the third straight week and we're on minute 15 already and we haven't hit the comments in a little bit. Is this not the greatest championship picture of all time on the right here? That the Vegas Golden Knights organically made a heart up against the boards. <laughs> I, I didn't even 
even see the heart. I just saw. Um, is that who's in the middle? Is that Stone? Just looking up. Um, yes. That might be Marchiso. Yeah, that's some real bonding right there. It also reminds me of that South Park bit um, where everybody's like, "All right, back in the pile." Um, well, yeah, it's sort of Kessel's bald head that makes it like the pointy part of the heart. Like that's the, that's the best part. Like that's where you kind of. <laughs> I love I love his bald little head. Uh, I think it was Jared threw out there earlier. Am I the only one who forgot Phil Kessel was on the Knights? Oh, I, I like to pull that one up too. I like Jared's comment. That was I you know what? I couldn't have been more excited for Kessel to win another cup. I've been thinking about that since they made it to like the second round, and you're kind of like, um, you know, like the conversations start from like a guy like Down Goes Brown, and I know Kessel. This is Kessel's third cup. But, it, you know, down goes Brown starts to write those articles about who deserves the cup. Um, I I just the way that Toronto like kicked him in the pants, um, like off the team and we're just like, peace. And then he went on to become now now a three time Stanley Cup champion. And he's just going to eat his hot dog, you know, loving tummy <laughs> right through his jersey. I, I just I love that. <laughs> you know, like Phil Kessel is like all of us, you know. And the, and the other thing, too, I've always heard he, he's kind of quiet um, and goofy in conversations. So I'm just like, wow, all right. Uh, like kind of like how I feel. I'm sort of spectrum-y when I'm at work. So I, I, I love it. Um, <laughs> but yeah, Phil Castle doesn't really know how to act in public. And neither do I. Uh, podcast in my office. But anyway, I love Phil Castle. And I love that he got another cup. Um, but yeah, what I do see in the comments is a lot of names getting thrown out there um pierre-luc dubois um like uh canis canis cooper 19 thrown out there uh did that used to be like cannabis and you had to change your name canis because of youtube rules or something um <laughs> but yeah canis thrown out there some of these trade scenarios for pld are wildly ridiculous lots of folks willing to overpay for them i'd rather push the chips in for kyle connor like that conversation Ooh. i'll i'll throw out there i know this isn't what we wanted the episode to be about because uh we have some elite prospects draft guide to go over but who cares no I, um, uh, real quick i just wanted to throw out there um because with vegas yeah i know i'm 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 really trumpeting the horn for eichel you know like a win now guy right right i just wanted to say that they did give up some dudes right is it alex matt don't kill me on the pronunciation tuck yeah Pretty damn good player. Peyton Krebs, eh, still coming along. And then it was that um, they got another first-round pick that turned into... Where's this goofball at? There he is. Noah Oslin, who it's so recent, it, you know, he's not going to be anything for a couple of years. But they gave up stuff. Oh, but, I mean, it was... It was a test draft, right? Oslin? Yeah. 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 That was one of the boys we talked about last year uh, that we were talking about. We were interested in drafting. So there, there's something there. There's a shot. There's some playmaking. But I just want to say, like, with that move, it look, it's scary. It's scary, right? You're giving up young guys like, oh, what if they all turn into something? And you know what? They Two of the three might. But uh, that's still a Tuck, Stanley Cup you got out of it. Tuck had, had such a, like, did so well. I remember people talking about like, well, yeah, this is like a win-win on, on both sides. And it's obviously a win-win because you had Eichel saying, get me out of here. So you had to get, you had to get something, but I, I do, I do. 
I do want to come back to like the the PLD stuff. Um, I would oh, caution like yeah. that's not one I'm not kicking doors down for because I I think it was Lazarus from the Athletic on the Athletic Hockey Podcast uh, said that this is this year's Kachuk. I I do not see that at all. Um, wow. So I would I would pump the brakes hard on that one. And sorry if it wasn't Lazarus. Wow, that's going to be endorsement. Jared thrown out there. Seriously, gimme Hellebuck. Um, Hellebuck, you've got a guarantee like every year. Uh, and when we've questioned whether or not Winnipeg has a strong enough defense, even with Morrissey in there, he's still turning in like another Vesna caliber season. So Hellebuck's interesting, but I I I would I would take a look at the Florida Panthers. And how often Bobrovsky was just laid out to dry. And then you go, well, well, where's the money to upgrade over Mark Stahl? Like, Bobrovsky can't be angry out there. I saw a lot of people saying, like, oh, poor Bob. And it's like, no, man. He's collecting that $10 million, win or lose. <laughs> First of all, he's fine because of that $10 million. But also, this is all on him. Like they've really got to make the, make some cap adjustments to make Bob work. But anyway, I don't, I'm I'm still not bought in uh, on having because eventually, right? Like uh, I'm I'm not sure what Hellbuck's contract looks like right right now. But eventually, that thing is going to look like Bobrovsky, and some team's going to pay him Bobrovsky money. And I don't want it to be us. I never want to get stuck in a in a goalie issue thingy. I mean, look at uh, Vegas, Aiden Hill. Like, it's just, it's such a roll of the dice on goalies. They're rolling out their fifth goaltender to win a Stanley Cup. And uh, like your point earlier, Mike, like Marc-Andre Fleury became like the face of the Golden Knights. And he should have, he's, he he had a great season, right? And what are we, two years removed from him being um, a Vesna candidate? And then... Didn't was it gosh, was it Minnesota and then Chicago or Chicago then Minnesota? I don't know. Uh, but then he just you know went downhill. But that who cares about that? Um, what mattered is that you know Vegas is making his decisions about the skaters first, goaltenders second. Um, and that's kind of where my head's at. Uh, Dan B trade all of this year's and next year's picks for DeBrinket and Eric Carlson. Ooh. Oh boy, Dan B, what are you drinking, man? Because I'm thirsty and I'd like a sip. <laughs> I will say, let me uh, throw in some contrarian points here because uh, yeah. they are not wrong. Uh, decoy thrown in picks nine and seventeen in the fifteen draft were Timo Meyer and Kyle Connor. Just saying, just saying. And uh, I, you know what I did um, is I looked up a couple other drafts uh, at the same draft spots. So just for example, 2013, number nine was Bo Horvat. And then I don't know how you feel about Curtis Lazar. Not a super duper star, but not an unproductive player. And so I think that decoy, you're not wrong. There, there's some dudes. So you can still find it nine and 17. And again, Matt found some pretty cool um, references here with uh, elite prospects saying that like one through God, I think it was like 26 were pro- like projected to be, really good players um it's just man it, it 
like having a known commodity over um, a potential commodity, it's it's such a world of difference. If there was a way to get a, a real known commodity on this team instead of two maybes, you know, like four to five years from now, oof. It's hard to say no to, but decoy, I, I really like the points you're bringing up. I'm looking for that uh, elite prospects list here so we could have that available to us as well. Um, there's one more I have in here. Um, Soapdish reminding us that Eichel didn't earn his paycheck in the playoffs. He's maybe the sixth best player on his team. He's not why they won. No, he is not the only reason they won. He's not the main reason. He's not one of the top five reasons they won. But I feel like that management style, um, watching it pay off, it it makes me feel justified in my in my asking of Iserman, um, you know, to be be a little bit more aggressive. And I feel like that acquisition is a um, you know, like a case in point of what you can do with your team when you're not afraid to give up value for like future value for current value. But I think you're, you're right on the money. So I just want to make sure I, I shouted you out. Soap dish. I mean, he also, he led the team in points though, over the regular season. Um, sure. No, I mean, it's, he's not a perfect player, right? Am I but crazy? He's a very, 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 very good player. Are we, ta- wait, wh- which player are we talking about? Eichel? Eichel. We're talking about his playoff performance. Scoring in the playoffs this year, 26 points. Led all Vegas Golden Knights. No. Uh, uh, can we count it before the finals? Oh, this is the whole playoffs. Sorry. No. I just thought, I don't know. I thought that was kind of cheating, but. Why not the whole playoffs? Yeah, I mean, I 26 know. points in 22 playoff like... games is humongous. How many times did we watch the Red Wings and still like have to like get knocked out in the first round seven games and Pavel Datsuk has a goal and two assists. And we're just like, Oh, well he had the tougher defensive matchup. So, (laughs) you know, Jack Eichel doesn't also have to play defense at all. Um, Sorry. I'm a, I'm a, everybody knows like I have my Datsuk shrines. I love Pavel Datsuk, but I mean, 26, your highest paid player just led your team and points to the playoffs. It's exactly what you want. I mean, Eichel and Mark Stone, over a point per game in this year's playoffs. Yeah, but, you know, not over two points a game. Right. Just like everybody else in the playoffs. I'm trying to be devil's advocate here. I, I, no, I don't know. there's no need. Uh, at, at, what was the, was that the point that, was it supposed to be like No, goals? it was just, uh, no, I think it was, uh, you know, like overall performance, I guess. Well, I guess you did a successful pushback, man. That's, that's fine. We can have pushbacks on this show. Yeah. Decoy, uh, Eichel led the team in scoring in the playoffs, and what? Who who had beaten him? I, I don't even know. Uh, was there anybody else with more points in the, like, not just the Knights, but uh, cross the edge? I, I don't I don't know. Anyways, yeah, what are we doing? No, go get yourself a Jack Eichel. God damn it! One thing <laughs> yeah, I remember is before we get off that point, Joe Joe Diamond was. To be fair, I think the whole team had three assists last night. Yeah, it happens when you get nine calls. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that's true. And Stoney got uh, he got a hat trick. I thought that was fun. Three three attempts at a wide open net, and then that third time he still goes crazy like that was the overtime winning goal <laughs> to make it nine to three or whatever it was at the time. That was fun. I, I got yeah. for blowouts. And I'm glad that was a home game. 
for blowouts in the Stanley Cup Finals. That was a fun game to watch. I, I did not turn it off at any point. I um, I like seeing goals. I, I got to admit, as as much as I like when I was, you know, in the 2008, or I guess we could dial it back 2006 to like 2012, and I'm a Red Wings fan, and I'm like, you know what? These two to one games, you you find a real appreciation for hockey. You know, if you don't like defense and goaltending, I don't think you really like hockey. Like, uh, it was such a dumb sack of shit back then. Like, goals are way more fun, even when it's a blowout, and they're way more fun. <laughs> I swear to God, we have a we have a real direction in this episode, but I did want to credit Jared for Eichel looking like Marv from Home Alone. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, saw uh I guess Eichel dressed up as a unicorn. Um mm-hmm. that popped up on Twitter. I don't know if somebody was trying to damage his reputation, but I was like, oh wow, he's he's an ally. I mean, he uh this was like full cross like um he wore like a dress and he even like put a pose on it and i was like damn look at jack eichel good for him (laughs) i don't know if that was photoshopped but it was it was freaking funny and cool very erotic yeah (laughs) Yeah, very erotic that's that's what i meant uh but you did Um, want to start getting into this draft guide a little bit um so we can kind of give i know that i know we got to hit the the break but let's let's at least do a tease Let's wrap up. Yeah, let's wrap up kind of what we were saying is just like, all right, there's some guys out there. Uh, we know Winnipeg is trying to shop people. Uh, we've been talking about Debrinket for like a month now. And let's not forget, Ottawa has an owner now. So maybe that Debrinket trade was just waiting for some ownership to come in and speak to management. Um, And uh, well, yeah, I guess I can just say Winnipeg and get a lot of guys that we've talked about out of the way. Um. But yeah, this is this is more about I want to hear the Red Wings are involved in these guys. Um, I don't need us to do something stupid, but you know, I think I think when you talk about building through the draft, and we've said this before, Steve Eiserman says that you've built assets, you have draft picks, you have prospects. Building through the draft means you can also trade these guys and pick up some talent that's ready to go right now. And I love David Perron, but I don't mean David Perron level. And I certainly don't mean Andrew Kopp level. I want somebody that fits in that top three group of forwards. And I want them now. Thank you. All right. Um, So, Mike, setting up when we come back from our break, we'll go over the Elite Prospects draft guide and get us all set for the draft. Woo! Light the lamp during the hockey playoffs with DraftKings Sportsbook. Right now, new customers can make a $5 bet and score $150 in bonus bets instantly. Who are you guys going to put your money down for? Put your money down for Jack Eichel? Put your money down for Matthew Kachuk? I don't know. It's up to you. Every time I give advice, it's horrible. Uh, but what I can tell you, you to have fun the advice i can give is to download the DraftKings sportsbook app now and sign up with code thpn new customers can make a five dollar hockey playoff bet and score 150 dollars in bonus bets instantly that's code thpn only at DraftKings sportsbook gambling problem call 1-800-GAMBLER in massachusetts call 800-327-5050 or visit gambling helpline ma.org in new york call 8778-H-O-P-E-N-Y or text H-O-P-E-N-Y 467-369 in Kansas call 1-800-522-4700 on behalf of Boot Hill Casino Resort Kansas 21 and up in eligible states but age varies by jurisdiction eligibility restrictions apply see show notes for details 
See DraftKings.com slash Sportsbook for details and state-specific responsible gambling resources. Oh, yeah. All right. Hey, we're back. Um, got the draft guide up, so if you're not watching on YouTube, just l- take notes. Got to listen real good. Um, so I, I just looked this up on the uh, Elite Prospects draft guide here, and the A grade mm-hmm. just means that they're confirming, like, this is a solid first-round talent. And they also define that across the board for how you're grading all of these different skill sets that these players have. So you brought it up earlier. And what we're talking about here, according to Elite Prospects, these guys that just, you know, what eats, I almost said lives, uh, eat, sleep, and breathe. Yeah, when you're playing prospects. Tears of the Kingdom, they're watching minor league hockey. Right. Uh, 26 guys have that a grade so you've got so basically picks. if if Iserman sees this there's no way he's trading right <laughs> so you've got two picks that are solid first rounders uh and uh what is it pick 16 and pick nine and then um let's not forget too you could probably jump in maybe grab that number 26 uh because you're gonna have uh oh my god what is it uh 40 not that these are draft picks we're looking at we're looking at rankings here but i need to remember what numbers look like apparently what is it 41 to 43 or 40 to 42 i can't remember any hoozles 26 guys getting that a grade you can love elite prospects or hate it but again i think at least we can land on the point that uh they watch a lot more hockey than most of of us combined yeah all of us combined i like that i like that one too um i do like this so there's the point of like, okay, a lot of these guys are good, but what are they good at? Um, it's funny too to look at all the things that Connor Bedard is first on and the things he's not, and you're kind of like, really, he's not? He can't skate a straight line. Um, so best straight line skater, Oliver Moore. Uh, there's some potential for the Wings to pick up uh, Oliver. Uh, Connor Bedard third on there. I don't really want to go through each one of these and list all five, but. Um, best four-way mobility, Oliver Moore on there again. So if you're talking about a guy who's going to be moving in all sorts of directions and straight, got a good skater in Oliver uh, Moore. Yeah, I mean, it is uh, kind of the same couple names, too, that we've been, that we've been seeing for uh, right. Like but I, skating and agility. Oh, here's we go. Here we go. The best one shot. we want to land on, right. Yeah. This is big sexy right here. And uh, for those of you who are not uh, viewing this on YouTube, um, it is going uh, gold, silver, bronze. It's going Bedard, Fantilli, and Mitchkoff. And then uh, Bradley is at Nadeau, and then Colby Barlow. Yep. Um, I think it'd be fun to pick up uh, Bradley and Colby. I'm not sure where they're ranking right now, but the point of me kind of landing on this best shot is, of course, to bring up this other trade that was brought up today, which I, I, I do like. Um, so the athletic put out, uh, it's probably what, um, second to last or something of their, uh, mock drafts. And, uh, I like how they put this, uh, in their little article. We have a trade to announce just a little Gary Bettman there. Um, Montreal. So Montreal trades the fifth overall pick and the 31st pick to Detroit for picks number nine and 17. So you got to remember too. 
Like we were talking about like, ah, these picks don't really mean jack shit once you get past two. If you're going by the elite prospects, you're outside of that range of one of those A players, those 26 guys. There could still be a smattering of them available. Of course, the Red Wings aren't going to match one for one on the elite prospects ranking here. And we don't say that elite prospects are perfect, but there's some food for thought there. Number nine and number 17 have a higher likelihood to give you an NHL player than the 31st pick. But you get that fifth overall pick, Mike, and you've got an NHL player in three years. Now, uh, somebody else made a great point this week. It might have been Max Boltman on the podcast. How many of these guys do we even think past Fantilli, past Bedard are going to be on the team after one year? You know, so it, it it's sort of like you're playing that game of like, all right, really? You're only adding like maybe one or two years at best. Three years is probably still right on par with the rest of these guys after the 10th pick. So. Yeah, maybe you go for it. Maybe you just look at this draft and you're like, all right, well, this draft wasn't going to make our team better this year anyway. So, yeah, Mitchkoff. I feel like Mitchkoff, there's an outside chance that he just drops to us. Because, I mean, you got to consider that's, what, two years where he's not in your system with your coaches doing the things you want to teach him? Like, he's learning all the Russian habits from his Russian coaches. Um, Not to say that there's no value in that, but, you know, if the Red Wings have this way that they want to, you know, develop talent and develop players, uh, usually want to have a hands-on approach. So it's almost like when I see a trade like this, I, I feel like the value's gone down a little bit, and... Uh, like the amount of club control years you get, um, you know, for what this Debrinket trade is going to end up being. Is it worth it to gamble on Mitchkov for two years of no contact, um, hoping he comes, you know, over here and he plays really well? Or, you know, Debrinket has already done it, and then you could be sending that draft pick out of his way. Yeah, that's the thing, too. Like, when people are, are, are trying to rank, like, um, you know, even Bedard, or uh, Mitch Cop- like you don't necessarily like we say like oh generational talent and Connor Bedard but also like maybe he doesn't reach Connor McDavid and that's still generational you know um so that puts you kind of in this level where there's a lot of guys that uh, like McDavid's in, in his own stratosphere and then there's a bunch of guys like in the next level below that you'd love to have on your team um but aren't necessarily up there so not, not to say that those are easy to find, but it definitely changes the conversation, especially when you're moving down to Mitchkoff. Um, and none of these guys are guaranteed. But I will say, and I think there's some chatter here that uh, Mitchkoff possibly could be... Is that Jim throwing out there, Mitchkoff possibly could be lower than five? Are you saying that he's going to be taken at four? Is that what that... Yeah, is I that don't know if, he saying? Means, uh, if he's going to drop... Here's what I would throw out there. I don't think he's getting past the Coyotes, and he's definitely not getting past the Washington Capitals because the Capitals will line up their replacement Russian with the draft of Matt V. Mitchkov, and you just kind of send Ovechkin on his merry little way. Or maybe you have maybe you have old fart Ovechkin and Mitchkov, like, give it one last go, you know? Maybe Mitchkoff comes over faster for the Capitals. Maybe there's some way he could get over because he's yeah, going to be playing with Kremlin. Ovechkin. Yeah, Team so Kremlin. Um, I don't. I I think there is 
very good chance he goes to the Coyotes if he makes it past the fifth pick because the Coyotes are also like who the who the fuck knows what's going on. So yeah, they can wait forever for for Mitch Goff. They're gonna blow up their team. Keller's another one of those guys we could trade for. But uh, yeah, they can wait forever for Mitch Goff. Maybe he never comes over if the Coyotes take him. But I for sure think Coyotes and one thousand percent not getting past Washington, which of course is the eighth pick right before our pick at number nine. So I will say that. Okay, so Jim was clarifying he may drop is what he meant. Um, oh, and just real quick, Joe Diamond thrown in there. No one talking about the potential of a contract buyout to get Mitch Koff over here before his KHL contract is over. That has happened quite a few times over the last handful of years. Not That's untrue. Great. Not untrue. Um, still a risk, but not untrue. You are correct. Yeah. Um, risk involved with all of these decisions, I think. It's where, where do you want to place the risk? And Mike is saying, let's place the risk on somebody else's shoulders to get these prospects to develop. And we'll take the guy who scored 40 goals twice already in his career. Right. Cause I think you, you kind of looked at this ninth pick and you're like, yeah, it's okay. Let's just get, I mean, if you, here. if you can have your cake and eat it too, Mitch Koff drops to nine and then you trade 17 and a couple of those seconds for it to bring it. Ooh. Yeah. Would you just give up? Would you give up all four of those picks? Would you give up uh, I'm, seventeen I'm, and three second round picks for a forty goal scorer? Yeah, yeah, me too. Yeah. Can, can that be our hot take of the episode? Yeah, I'd absolutely. I'd give give him a third round pick too. I don't care. <laughs> That's what you're aiming for, and you get to like, and especially those three second round picks. At least two years of development. Probably three, two years, and then they're in Grand Rapids. If if so, it means if I have to give up all three seconds and um, our later round uh, first round pick for it to bring it, and I still get to pick a prospect at number nine, uh, I won. I won the draft, and I won the trade market. Uh, Dan B thrown out there. Don't forget about Michelle Nikoff, uh, who we've highlighted a couple of times this year. Um, That'll be fun to see what happens there, too. Um, fingers crossed. Just another game, another waiting game. But um, correct me if I'm wrong there, Dan B. Would that mean, like, we'd have back-to-back? -back? Like, first we'd introduce Bashelnikov, and then the next year would be Mitchkov? Or is Bashelnikov the year before that? Somebody help me out there. I think they're both a waiting game. I can't remember how long that is. Um Decoy Fedorov will deliver Mitchkov. That would be hilarious. Didn't Fedorov just won another championship over in Russia? And I think he made some comment about like, why would I ever leave? Um, which, yeah, <laughs> it looked like he was flying a, a very nice private jet when he was making that comment. And I don't know how much his life upgrades coming over here. I'm sure he's treated like a king just over there. Do it for Steve. Uh, Vegas had one player under six feet tall. The Brinkett is four foot nine coming from decoy. I'll take it. Give me four foot nine. Give me four foot eight. Okay. Give me three foot nine. Put yeah, 40 he's... goals in the back of the net, D. <laughs> yeah, he's, like... from, he's from Farmington Hills. Right. It's like the basement burger bar. So how can we judge this guy? Negative. Right. Come on. I, it's so, it's just such a different conversation to be like, ah, the prospect he's five foot eight. You know, like we've seen that a couple of times. 
It's like, yeah, right. That's whew, what are we going to do? But then you see the guy put 40 goals in the back of the net, you know? So, yeah, I mean, that it's more of a um, quantifiable risk when they haven't proven it yet. But if this four foot six guy is already peppering in 40 goal seasons, uh, he's fine. We're not worried about it. It's it's when it's the maybe player, it's the prospect that I think you're you know show a little more concern. But if they've already proven it, um, I'm good. I like it. Oh, oh Crimson Shadow, I haven't seen you in a minute, bud. How's it going? Um, yeah, Crimson Shadow. To... Any any thoughts on uh, Zach Benson uh, from the Winnipeg Ice at number nine? I actually would love that, and we have done an episode featuring Zach before. But what I'd want to call out is what you're getting with Zach Benson. And this is what I was saying before. And this is exactly who I was talking about. So uh, Crimson, when I sent you that uh, DM earlier today and I said, come to the live show and ask this question. This is how we were going to transition. Um, He's a I mentioned, Right. I mentioned before, like, is there something that's gone on in these interviews that they've seen where they're like, we're absolutely happy with what we're going to be able to get at number nine. Um Zach Benson is where he's listed with, um, you know, best vision right behind. Well, how about that? How about behind Connor Bedard? Best motor? Best motor. Tell me that's not that's not a thing that Steve Eiserman is looking for every year in this draft. Uh, Zach Benson would be a great get. And I, I got to say to Soapdish, here, or, sorry, Crimson Shadow. I'm reading Soapdish's comment. Sorry about that, Crimson. And you both have really long names and numbers at the end. Um Crimson, you asking that question, I don't think there's a draft pick I'm going to be upset about, which is why some of our coverage of this has just been like, and here's another guy we could get, and here's another guy we could get. Um, so there's nobody I'm going to be upset about. I just, the only thing that's going to be disappointing in this draft, and I think this is why we focus so much on trades today, is just that I want to see something a little bit more aggressive. If we draft all five of those picks... I'm just going to be like, all right, what are we doing? Because, you know, and I think it was uh, one of our buddies on Twitter pointed out, like, you draft Mitchkoff and then Dylan Larkin's 30. You know, like, uh, by the time Mitchkoff comes over. So, like, now, okay, he's hitting the tail end. He's two years past the peak at that 28 years old. I'm serious. That's all, all, That's the average. That's when the drop starts. You yeah. could giggle all you want. Dylan Larkin for sure is going to be that guy that starts to drop. Like Connor McDavid probably won't. We see Alex Ovechkin just continue to score goals. Dylan Larkin will follow that path. I don't know how terrible of a Red Wings fan I sound like right now. Maybe I'm the worst ever. But Dylan Larkin, I guarantee, will 100% follow that path of taking the depth production-wise after he turns 29 or after 28. I don't know, however you want to say that. Jim throws out there, Stevie will be aggressive and fleece someone. I want to see what a loss looks like, you know? Like, I, I want to see Steve bring one player in and lose a ton. Like, what does that look like the first time we see it? And I think it's the difference between, like, is it Albert Johansson or Simon Edvinson? You know what I mean? Like, which one is he shipping out? So you mean not lose a trade, but lose a prospect you care about. No, I mean, like, we're going to look at it from a distance and be like, wow, that was that was a lot. And I'm just wondering, like, when we hit that point, is it 
it's a lot plus we lost Edmondson, or is it, oh man, that was a lot, and we lost Johansson, which I think one is easier to stomach than the other, right? But both could be graded as, yes, they're for sure, they'll be in the NHL. You know, Edmondson may be the top four, Johansson may be top six, but you're still trading away future NHL talent, which also has a high ceiling. You know, Johansson's floor is probably a little bit lower than than Edmondson's, but you know, you know what I'm that's that's where I'm coming from. Like, there's the argument. There was the argument to be made. Like, people thought Calgary for sure won that trade with Florida, um, even though Kachuk was moving to Florida. You know what I mean? Like, there was still the question. Like, oh man, Vegas takes Eichel and they miss the playoffs the next year. Did they lose this trade? You know what I mean? Like, I want us to get that star player. But I want to know what it looks like when we have to give up so much. So maybe you're right. Maybe I don't mean to say lose, but I want to see what that trade looks like where we're not doing the, you know, hey, we got like eight draft picks for one guy. Didn't Eisman do such a great job? And then, you know, now it's 2023 and we're like, yeah, we're awesome now. Oh, decoy. <laughs> decoy took the thoughts right out of my mouth, by the way. Um Emil Vero, Sabrango, uh, William, and Johansson, all expendable. Leave us with uh, Wallander and Edmonds. Yeah, but now that you said that, Decoy, they're all watching the show. You just ruined it. <laughs> um, yeah, Matt's, uh, he's kind of um, hearkening back to, uh, there's a writer, God, was it Tom Gage, who used to do the prospect report for the Tigers, and he would write up how great our prospects were, and we would trade them every single trade deadline you know for actual major leaguers um but yeah all you would do is pump up the value of them and then there's all these published print like wow hope we get this jacob turner guy he sounds pretty good and then you know he's out of baseball in two years Um, i i thought you were gonna go the route of like the old days like the valenny radio show where people would call in and just lop together 10 tigers and then they you know yeah, bring over Mariano Rivera. <laughs> Give him Brandon Inge and Oh, all the garbage. Yeah. Yeah. Um uh, and Jim Johnson too. I don't think we said his name today, but he's had like five yeah. really good ones. Um teams will want guys like Bergren um and Casper in any trade. Who see, I think those are the those two and Edvinson are probably the real untouchables. Like I think you'd have to be blown away for a, a Bergren trade. Am I wrong in that? Who would you rather give up, Berggren or Casper? Do you want to play that game? Uh, Berggren. There's still the mystery that Casper could be like awesome. Yeah, boss. yeah, There's you're still right. The mystery there. <laughs> you're right. I I think you want the mystery over. But we did see Berggren. Like, remember, like, think about like that was his first season, right? And he was still like on the power play. Competent. You park him. Competent. You park him on the yeah. side of the net. And he knows exactly where the puck's gonna go. Um. Yeah, I. Uh, well, actually, you know what? Did we ever say it, Crimson? Uh, yes, we would like Benson. We just... <laughs> um, Crimson thrown out there. Benson and Raymond would be a, a dangerous combo. Well, we also have to lock up uh, Mazer and Razor, right? Yeah. Some excitement this year is still coming for some of our prospects. We got Carter Mazer. I think we're all excited about. See, Dan, Dan B thrown in there, too. I know you have to give up talent in any trade, but oh, man. I'd be reluctant to move Berggren. I would, uh, I think you'd have to be pretty impressed with the return, right? Because I, I feel like he's one of our top prospect guys, but he's not Casper and I don't think he's Edmondson. I think he's right 
He's like one little mini tear down. Still very valuable, but and I I don't think if I'm making many... a trade, if I'm making a trade and I'm still keeping Casper and Edvinson and my boy uh, Soderblom, the human end, uh, those guys are still Red Wings after the trade. I feel pretty good. I I would get rid of Soderblom and treat him like, hey, look what Tage Thompson just did. Do you want? <laughs> Man, how dare you? How dare you, sir? On your team? Man, he's friend of the show. How could you? Like, well, then, like, if anybody's like, I don't know, he didn't do that great. Like, number one, Mike, you and I both know his analytics through the roof. He actually Pretty ended good. the season, remember, as our uh, analytics champion. Um, so you could throw that out there. Um, shit, I forgot what my joke was going to be. Oh, well, I'm not the funny guy on the show anyway. It probably wouldn't <laughs> have been that funny. Uh <laughs> Anybody on decoys list of Vero, Sabrango, uh, Booyam, or Johansson that uh, you think anybody is sniffing around for? Because I'm, I'm gonna, I'm gonna say probably not. And I think like decoy throws out there, leave us with Wallander and Edvinson. I think, right? Like that's who you're losing. And then you got to cross your fingers that Vero and Sabrango and Booyam and Johansson are gonna fill out your, your bottom pairing somewhere. Yeah, I mean, um, what was that? Uh... Forgive me. It was uh, Alex uh, Tuck. That was a pretty talented guy. So I, I, but he, you know, definitely panned out. So I mean, you'd have to f- trade the Red Wings Tuck um, for a ready, ready now player. But then you just, you know, end up winning a Stanley Cup out of it. So you know. Um, there was a question here. Oh, again from uh, from Crimson, wondering uh, if Kosa is coming back to the Griffins or staying in Toledo next year. I think Kosa's going to come right with his good buddy, Dan Watson, uh, who just got uh, hired today, a head coach of the Grand Rapids Griffins now. And uh, Lalone threw out there in a, a little quote. Uh, so, yeah, I guess, I guess, I don't know, we could have led the show with this. Uh, I had a great pleasure of working with Dan for two seasons in Toledo. He's an incredibly hard worker who gets results. His personality ability to connect with his players helps build a tremendous team culture. I'm really looking forward to working closely with him again. Congratulations, Waddy. That's the end part was terrible. Sorry. It just got worse. I couldn't see your mouth. I didn't know if you hit play on a Pat Caputo read or something. (laughs) Listen here, Mike. It's Pat Caputo here to talk about Dan Watson getting hired by the Griffins. Just another nobody from the ECHL who done nothing. Sorry. Um, that, <laughs> Jared, that what in the it. hell is this impression? <laughs> <laughs> um, no, it's uh, uh, yeah, Dana Green Coast is going to be in GR next season. I just want to throw that in there because I knew that happened today. It's a little bit of news, but just to answer Crimson's question, I do think Cosa will be in Grand Rapids. Uh, Jim thrown out there, he's Jim. See, you're doing it. Stop it. Nobody wants Sedina or Valeno. You're like, yeah, of course. I have no problem. They're super expendable. But you gotta get rid of that's uh rid of somebody. Jim, have you ever heard that dad joke where it's like uh um oh the Red Wings traded Zadina and Valeno? Oh, good trade. Who'd we get? Our dad used to pull that one all the time. Um <laughs> uh, Crimson, my dude wouldn't trade Soda Blow. Me neither. Uh dude's upside and potential and height. Is way too high, and he's even <laughs> way too high of a height. Um. <laughs> I 
really want to see how that guy pans out. It's going to be awesome. I'm trying to look, uh, you know, now that we're going, I'm, I'm looking at the elite prospects thing. Um, if there's anything else that's. Yeah. Besides sort of something uh, we want to keep an eye on. I do want to come. The I, viewers I did... and listeners who were like, Mike is crazy. Why are you trading first round picks? Um, especially for it who's small. Um, it looks like he needs, you know, other good players around him to succeed. This elite prospects breakdown is probably your best defense in my face. Uh, just because it, it does make the case that there's so many um, good to very good prospects in this draft. Like, 1 to 26, that's a crazy number, man. Not saying they're, you know, 26, uh, you know, uh, McJesuses. Uh, right. But, <laughs> but um, I know that you're going to get something good. And it might be a draft a little bit like um, um, what Decoy was alluding to. Um, you know, so getting depth at, you know, guys that pick nine and pick 17. So it's not, it's not a complete death blow for us to have not won this lottery, <laughs> um, that we could still I, find some real good dudes. Yeah. It's what just a patience one, game. God damn it. Every time you, you stop talking. I just like cutting you off, man. If there's one list too, that I would pay attention to, and I forgot to bring this one up. It's the best two way forwards. Uh, obviously we're not going to grab Adam Fantilli, but, I, I think you land a pretty good pick nine with Zach Benson, Oliver Moore, or Dalibor Dvorsky. I will add, Mike, traded for Dalibor Dvorsky in the video game. Worked out pretty well. And then oh, we did talk we about go. picking up. Okay. We did talk about bringing in Gavin at, uh, I think at the time we said pick 17, but uh, yeah, now it's pick 16. Um, Gavin, he's uh, he looks like one of those Jonas brothers. He's probably going to pan out, right? Yeah, he'll be great. Dvorsky listed on the best power forward too. Oh, here's um, all the Detroit fans. No, they want to see who's who's the hard hitter. We need more grit on this team. I have never seen more like Tom Wilson chatter on Twitter than today. I don't know what the hell is going on, um, but everybody thinks the Red Wings are trading for Tom Wilson, which we did talk about. I kind of hate the guy, so I don't know if I really want him on my team. Um, but yeah, now now all of a sudden that's a big trend. Like, oh, we need to get tough. Oh, man, we're at an hour. Man, I keep promising we're going to do like these half-hour episodes, but I appreciate all of you guys uh, chatting in the much, comments. This we had has too been much fun. fun engagement today. Yeah. Fethdar. Ah, yes, the old reliable EA Sports scouting system. You know, Mike, I don't know if you remember this, but like a couple years ago, I uh, before we drafted Lucas Raymond, I simulated the season, uh, the franchise mode, like 40 times. And then like looked at like who had the most points and who won cups and things like that. And it was, uh, it was Lucas Raymond. Yeah. I dig it. We'll see how that works out. Um, <laughs> I did have a few in here too. Um, Jim Johnson. He's, he's on my side with to bring it for 17. Yeah. That's Jim. I'm calling that the having your cake and eat it too. If you get to keep nine and then still trade for it to bring it, boy, is that a home run? Um, he had one more in there. Oh, too. shoot. And Joe's in there. Would love to get Tom Wilson. I'm sorry, Joe. I'm, I just don't know where this came from. All of a sudden, it's all over the place. Um, Jim had one. Would you go after Lafreniere? I don't, th I, I think that's maybe just some like talking head pundits who don't have enough topics where they're saying like, oh, they're ready to give up on Lafreniere. He's a bust. And it's like, nah, it's probably just going to take a couple years, but 
Jim, if he was available, hell yeah, I'd go after him. It's way too early to give up on him. Um, would you do? Would you do a second? Would you do yep. Lucas Raymond for Lafreniere straight up? Yeah, still. <laughs> no. Um, right. What? Like, what's the game? What's the game that we play here? Like, we we. What if it? What if it had to be like an Albert Johansson and a second round pick? We don't know what Albert's going to be. By all accounts, like we've filled out the left side of the defense pretty, pretty well, and we've still got a Wallander that needs to fit in somewhere. So, wait, what was your what was your trade proposal? What if you what you do is what you know one of your second round picks this year, and you have yeah. to give him Albert for Lafreniere. Uh, Rangers say no. You think so? Oh my God! Yeah. Like if they're so, you think they're looking for a first round pick in return? Because then, yeah, oh, yeah, we're not doing that. If yeah, but if you're doing like seventeen and uh... it can't be just seventeen. It's got to be somebody who's already playing at the NHL level. Give me. Uh... God damn it! Man. Give him. Uh, here we'll we'll do that. Give him Zadina, Robbie, Fabry. And Joe Valeno, they can have a whole fourth line. <laughs> yeah, we'll give you our fourth liners for your fourth liner. Um, we'll do, uh, if it's Valeno, uh, a 17 and some seconds. I think the Rangers still say no. <laughs> you'd, you'd have to give up a sexier prospect, I think, and a first rounder. Like mid first, it would be 17 and somebody you like. Oh, I do like Albert. Should I pretend I don't like him? It would have to be like, for me, it would have to be like Soderblom. No, you're right. You're right. It would have to be like Soderblom in 17. All right. Well, I'm running out of steam. I'm getting sleepy. Um, my uh, son got pink eyed today, so I had to try and work and watch Ooh. him all day. So I had a rough day. At least you only had to watch one eye. It's <sighs> good. Yeah, I mean, then he's more apt to like fall down the stairs and stuff because he's lost his depth perception. Um, all right, what do we? Jared threw something in there. Um, Rangers have a new coach. Laugh has at least a year. I right clicked a year to write himself before New York makes that kind of trade. Oh, Crimson, I'll take Phil Kessel on the stories. Jared, slap yourself, Mike. <laughs> wash your hands all right mike you slapped yourself now you gotta wash your hands all right guys thanks for tuning in this has been fun we got uh, one more episode and then we'll see you guys at the uh, draft party we hope you'll see you there hope to see you there yes um wash, wash your hands hope to see you guys next week and i just want you weeks. guys to know two weeks just want you guys to know that we're gonna make this a 25 minute episode but you guys made it so fun we're here for minute 62 so thank you for coming in yeah, hit that like button so other people can uh, you could you could show off how smart we all are, um, and how much fun we have. Or you can just get Jared's comedy ground, his comedy career off the ground because he was doing pretty good. <laughs> Joe wants to stop farting in my kids' pillows. <laughs> I can't. It's so much fun. <laughs> rip a big steamer right in the middle of it, and then um, don't like what I cook for dinner, huh? <laughs> Fethtar, draft party, question mark. Yeah, two weeks. We'll see you there, Fethtar. Downtown.
That's right. LCA. What is it? Six o'clock, maybe? I don't know. Yeah. I'll be downtown starting at uh, 7.30 a.m. on Wednesday. Because <laughs> I'll be there for work. All right. Yeah. We'll see you guys. On the flippity flip. <laughs>